What's up, everybody? Yes, that's right. It's that time of the week again, bitch. It's time for another episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast. And I am your shit-talking host, Christy Miller. And with me this week on Old School, New School Comedy, I have one of my oldest and dearest friends in the entire universe. I love this man more than anything. He has been such a close friend of mine forever since... uh, Back in the old days, in my comedy store days. And that's where he still reigns. And uh, you may have seen him on the jellies on Adult Swim. And he was also part of the first generation of Roast Battle. He's hilarious. I love him. Give it up for Earl Skakel. Just trying to uh, not move. I think if I stay still, <laughs> the Wi-Fi doesn't go out. So, nice. <laughs> I mean, you know where I live. I know. <laughs> Everybody's downloading Grinder. <laughs> I mean, West Hollywood is the worst. I can't wait to get out of here. Where are you going? I don't know. I mean, I I've been told that I can sell my condo for about one point one million. That's it. And well, that's a lot for where I live. And the realtor is like, here are the homes you can afford. They're all in Compton. Oh, holla. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Oh, stick with the cocksuckers. Yes. This yeah, I know it is. <laughs> this would be my neighbor if I went to Compton. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad he's dead. Well, they treated him about as good as they treat us in the comedy world. That's true. But we don't get slammed around as much topless as they do. Or do Almost. We? Almost. <laughs> Earl Skakel, I fucking love you so much. I love you. I talk about you often with people. And, uh, you know, we were there in the early days of uh, L.A. comedy. Yeah not the same out here nope it's not it's not the same out here either like it's changed a lot in new york sorry i sat on my glasses so they're a little crooked <laughs> uh, i'm a wreck right now after there we go um i mean i, I miss the i mean I'm, we're both more successful now but i do miss the early days when it wasn't so much about making it I miss, I talk about those days all the time because it was such a, an era of comedy because it was the dark days. Like, you know, getting people out to shows was a pain in the ass. You know, the clubs were suffering and, you know, but we were still a family. We were a tribe and we created all these rooms and all these different ways of forming stand-up besides the main club. And we just became this totally, like, tight-knit tribe that were part of that one era of the comedy store where we're like bonded for life and i don't feel that anywhere else anywhere else here in new york that same i mean i don't feel it out here i mean i felt it in the early days of roast battle which was like the little show 
and you would have been great on it like oh yeah I mean no one thought the show would get on TV so it was just a bunch of idiots fucking around uh, and then that you know the industry had passed on the show for two years sure basically it was like who's gonna watch a bunch of open micers make fun of who they fucked <laughs> the world <laughs> well I mean I get what they were saying yeah you know like it's too inside baseball and yeah uh, but it just worked when you had because everyone in the room had fucked everyone so hilarious you had this great sexual energy to the show of uh, two people were dating, but one of them had fucked two of the three judges. Uh, so that's how you win. Yeah, well, that's how you win, honey. <laughs> and if you were cheating, it would get exposed in the room. And oh, um, yes, so it was like the Gong Show meets a, a Dean Martin roast, or, or, or the Gong Show meets Dean Martin meets Jerry Springer. <laughs> Oh, 100%. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there were some definite Jerry Springer moments in that room. And, uh, oh, so but, then, funny. but then once we got back to Montreal after my season, uh, I could tell the vibe of the room had changed. Like, did you, uh, like all comics hated the show. Oh, they hated everything anyway when we were there coming up. Yeah, I mean, they've always, uh, I don't know if the comedy store, uh, it was not liked by all alternative comics. No. And especially Roast Battle, because it was, I mean, Roast Battle is a pretty hacky show. It's, yeah. It's basically bullying people. Uh, yeah. You know, how do I make fun of Christy for being muscular? How do I make fun of Earl for being old? Yeah. Uh, or whatever. How do I make fun of this guy for being bald or this girl for being fat um, yeah yeah I mean, it, it was it's all the surf yeah it's all that surfacey like obvious shit it's like it's it's so bad because it becomes the same joke after a while like it's the same oh get it yeah i'm muscular i look like a dude earl's old and he takes his shirt off i get it you know like it's like okay how many times can you recycle the same fucking joke Oh, 100%. You know, if, if I were battling today, I'm sure it would be like, hey, Earl, you're just like Bert Kreischer, but without the success uh, or whatever. <laughs> so, and, and I'm I'm too real for the show because, you know, if I was battling a rapist, I would talk about <laughs> Oh, yeah. You and I are the same. We'll, we go right for that jugular. We don't give a fuck. Oh, 100%. Uh, and then I think Comedy Central, that's maybe why they didn't use me anymore. <laughs> They're like, there's too many rapists on the staff. You can't come in here, Earl. Oh, I know. I, mean, <laughs> I battled this one fat dude who, you know, everyone knew in the room had fucked an underage girl. And the producer of the show is like, hey, you can't body shame him like that. I'm like, he fucked a 16 year old. Like, what? <laughs> How am I the bad guy? <laughs> so, it's okay to make fun of Ralphie May for being 700 pounds, but, yeah. uh, you know, that was real cool. Oh, of course. 
So, uh, but I, the only reason I brought that up was because I missed the early days of that show and, and the comedy store when none of us were trying to get on TV at that time. Yes. You know, we were so, just trying to get on stage at that time. We didn't even think about television. Yeah, so there was a, a, a genuine rooting for you. And, and, and yeah. I know you rooted for me, and I rooted yep. for, uh, I don't know, Eric Marino, and he rooted for this whoever. And, uh, you know, we just did the shittiest of rooms, Mike Taylor's shitty room in, uh, on Melrose. Uh, oh, God, yeah. And then, uh, and then Mike Taylor and Steve Watson's uh, Giggles and Jiggles show we used to do at the Cheetah. We did it at the at the Roxy. We did it at the Beverly Club. Any strip joint that would let us tell jokes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we would uh, do coconut right, Easter. Oh, I missed the teaser. Those were fun nights of just ridiculousness. Otis, the sound guy on Harold. What's his name? Yes, I was like, what the fuck's the sound guy's name? Otis, a white but, you know, named Otis. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, it wasn't about how many followers does Christy have, or how many does Earl yep. have, or how many views does either one of our podcasts. You know, now it's just, just the business has changed. Yeah, it's like back then, back then we didn't have social media to get ourselves out there. It was by word of mouth, so you had to be good. Like you yeah, had I'm... to throw down, and that's how you got gigs. Oh, 100%. And, like, you opened up for, you know, obviously Dice and Mooney and, yep. you know, I was with Schneider and, like, yep. you had to be funny to open up for those people. Uh, yeah. Mooney didn't take anybody. He yeah. Didn't, I, you know, he when he loved you, he loved you. And I was I was honored. Did, did it help my career? No. It actually hindered it a little bit. Because Hollywood back then was so scared of him. So, like, the shit Cat Williams is doing now outing everybody Kat did it the smart way the way I used to yell at Mooney I would tell Mooney get your money then cuss people out then call them out get paid first don't do it at the table don't do it at the meetings get paid then fucking call them out that way you get cash but he could never could never bite his tongue I, I get it though I mean I know I'd be a lot farther along if I could just bite my tongue and not mm-hmm. say what I've said about certain people. Um, yeah, but I can't. I just can't. Like, well, for me, it was like a, I was guilty by association out here, and they're like, "Oh, you opened for Paul Mooney all those years? Yeah, you're gonna be too rough for our rooms." And I was like, "What? Are you kidding?" But whatever, because they were all scared of him. Well, he kept it real. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and Dice, obviously, I'm oh, yeah. sure. Oh, I uh, love opening for Dice. I love it when Eleanor has other shit to do. But, you know, he's a, uh, what do you call it, divisive figure at times. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I mean, I think he's a comedy legend. Yeah. But, uh, so you get roped in with them, and then it's like, well, we can't use them. They cuss too much. It's like, no, Dice cusses. I don't cuss. Uh, Yeah. Or whatever. So... You know, just I do miss the old days when you had to be funny. Like now, you don't have to be funny. You can just you just have, have followers, a hundred percent. Like Earl, if you came to New York and saw the shit that's going on here, you would probably have a small stroke and be paralyzed for about eight months. Well, I see that here. <laughs> 
I don't have to go to New York. Uh, <laughs> I can go to 8433 Sunset and see it. Oh. <laughs> Can't do it. You know, uh, Eric Marino and I always quote you. <laughs> we always do our Earl impression. Like, there's something happening. I can't do it. I'm like, can't do it, bro. Can't do it. <laughs> I mean, because I'm sure it's the same in New York, but now the big thing out here is you get past the clubs or you get on good shows because uh, you have a popular podcast. And yeah. That mm -hmm. doesn't translate to on stage. Nope. Like, you know, we're doing this podcast tonight. People probably think it's funny because you and I have good banter. Yeah. But. But it's free, like you know. Yeah. People, people can sit in their underwear and watch. You know, okay, this is funny. But yeah. if, if you and I were co-headlining, or I'm opening for you, or whatever, it's another thing to get people to pay twenty bucks to park, forty for a ticket, or whatever the ticket would be. Yeah. Two drinks, and so now you and I are funny enough to get people to do that. But yes. You know, but it's some of the yeah. Keep going. Sorry. No, no, I mean, some of these people I see, uh, you know, they, they're on stage and they're trying to basically do a podcast on stage. It's like, no, they, <laughs> they want to hear jokes, man. Yeah, dude. It's like, I, you know, I, I, I kind of hate all the clubs right now because of what's happening. It's a huge, everything's in turmoil out here. And I know it's probably the same in LA. So I prefer to do independent shows, like off the beaten path shows. Like tomorrow night, I'm going to Long Island. I'm doing a spot for a hundred bucks with my buddy, Matt Vita. He's a newer, he's like the newer generation, but he's really funny. I love this guy. And he goes, Miller, I'm gonna pick you up. We're going to fucking Long Island. He's like, it's a gig. Let's do it. It's a hundred bucks. It's quick. But I have more fun doing those than I do city spots because A, I get longer sets. And B, it's the salt of the earth. It's real audiences that aren't like jaded or wishing that they were on stage and have the camera turned on them. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. I mean, <laughs> you know, I guess right now I pretty much, as Kevin Brennan would say, oh, Skakel only plays the store. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not really a slam. Uh, yeah. But... Like, way to build me up, asshole. <laughs> Well, I like him. I, I, you talk about divisive figures. He's definitely... Oh, he is so divisive. He is so divisive. But, you know, well, you know, God bless him. He's a man. I like his honesty. You know, like... Yeah. You know, say what you will about his... Uh, the way he... Uh, his style. But, you know, he says what he genuinely feels yeah you know what i always tell people you know i might not like a lot of these comics but you know what there's a lid for every pot so 100%. you know it might not be my cup of tea but it could be somebody else's so who the fuck am i to say what's subjectively funny or not i just know what's subjective to me and you know what i mean like so and and people take to me like oh she's rough like she's she doesn't give a fuck up on stage and I fucking roast the room. I'll fucking just, you know, do what I do. And then, you know, some people find me offensive. You know, it's like, it's a whole domino effect. So I don't, you know, God bless Kevin. I, I want all of us to be successful. I want us yeah. all to work. I want us all to be sitting at the table eating because why not? Well, that, that was my thing with roast battle. Like, 
in why I spoke out about certain behaviors on the show. Uh, there's enough cake for all of us to eat. Like, yeah. You know, so I, I just never understood that, hey, let's try and ask someone who's been on the show from day one. Let's do what he does, but not use him. Yeah. Like, what? Uh, oh, yeah. I or in the comedy world. Yeah, I get that a lot. Well, she's a bit much because she tells it like it is. So we got to find someone that acts like her. Yeah, but not use Christy. Well, there's no yeah. one like Christy. So yeah. how about I use Christy? Yeah, like there's no one built like me, talks like me, or acts like me. And it's like, and they can't duplicate it. They've tried. They can't. Oh, yeah. I mean. And same with you. They can't duplicate you. Yeah, I mean, I'm like a cross between Holtzman and uh, Bert Fratcher, like. Yeah, you're Bert Holtzman. <laughs> got the leather pants on and all that bullshit. And, uh, yep. But, oh, great. I mean, it's just who I, I wear leather pants anyway, so it's, it's really not a character. It's just me. Right. You wear my um, old pants I used to wear. <laughs> oh, I totally would wear some of your outfits. <laughs> right? But like. You know, I, so I, I don't. Nowadays, it's just even when I signed with my voiceover agent, and they're the top agent in, in the mm -hmm. country, right? Uh, even their first question was, "How many followers do you have?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's disgusting." It's a voiceover agency. What, what does that matter? But I get what they're saying. They want people who are working and you know whatever popular. It, yeah, if they have a popular voice, then the people are going to buy that product or tune into whatever that is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know. Gross. It's so uh, gross. It's so, I can't wait till the bubble explodes. But well, I do, I, well, I do think that Kat and that interview, uh, I think it's gonna, it was a good um, beginning for people like you and me who do keep it real. Yeah. Do, I mean, how many people criticize Joe Rogan on a podcast? Nobody. Uh, and, calling him out for well he only books six unfunny comics <laughs> I, I, mean, I died i died i i i was dead but even joe appreciated it he was like hey come on uh yeah come on the show bro yeah i i mean i can't say shannon sharp was a great interviewer because cat kind of just took over but um shannon was in the room cat did all the talking but good for Shannon. I mean, that, probably the, 47 million views. That's crazy. I mean, it's, when I do a live stream or uh, sometimes I'll do a, a podcast like this, I'm happy if I get 500 views. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, people, I'm happy if I get five views. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I do my live streams, you know, I can get monetized yeah. now and oh. I'm happy. Like I just did one before this. I had 27 people in chat. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Nice. Uh, and I think <laughs> on Shannon Sharp's uh, live stream, uh, the re I don't know if it was the original or the, the repeat, they had 40,000 people in the chat room. <laughs> and I was happy at 27. Oh, I'd be happy with seven <laughs> at this point. Like, I'm just happy somebody likes me. That's all I get. I'm like, hey. Yeah. But like uh like I was talking to Pescatelli and uh we're on the phone a couple, a few months back and we were laughing because I was like, Yeah, it's fun because not maybe like a year ago. I don't remember. I, time is so ever since twenty twenty I have no concept of time. I, uh, 
like I everything's a blur so I can't tell you a month or a year anymore um we're on the phone and she's laughing because I'm like yeah it's kind of cool when I go on stage all the comics come running into the room to watch I said that's kind of I go it's kind of funny it reminds me of the old days at the store she goes she starts laughing she goes you're the Brian Holtzman of New York and I'm like yeah I kind of am I mean, Holtzman is, uh, he, he, I don't want to, I don't like doing other people's material, but like he has a chunk of new material about going to see Oppenheimer. That is, <laughs> I got to get him oh, yeah. on the podcast. I got to get him on. I mean, he's taking over Austin right now. So I need that. I'm so proud of him. Uh, but is Oppenheimer material, it's really out there fucking hilarious oh my god Holtzman makes me pee I what I used to do pre-covid I used to do a Saturday 11 o'clock show at Westside Comedy Club and you know it was the wild wild west at Westside so I like to book comics that are completely you know off the rails you know something that mainstream or the happy happy eight o'clock show doesn't you know right so I'd have me and I, I'd have Eric Marino host it for me and babysit because I had other shit to deal with. I'd get like Dante Nero, Gino Bisconti, uh, me. Um, I had Holton was in town and he calls me. He goes, hey, I'm in New York, you know, and I go, oh, you coming to do my show? And he goes, yeah. And I go, yeah, I'm booking you for Saturday. It's perfect timing. So he comes in and he just goes off the rails. And Gino and I are in the back in tears. And like, I'm like, this is my Holtzman. This is my baby, you know? And Gino never heard of him before. Gino is on the ground going, who is this guy? And I go, dude, that's a comedy store legend. You have no idea. And uh, it was so, but he was like, he, like this little girl in the audience comes up to me. And she goes, who was the guy that was yelling with the, with the pompadour? And his pants were pulled up. I go, oh, God. <laughs> she was all she goes can i have his instagram i am obsessed and i'm like see just got to get up people like us that are different just in front of people because we're awesome i mean my favorite thing to do is go in there and watch holtzman and watch the couples who are there on a date <laughs> because the guy is you can tell the guy wants to laugh but you know, when he does his, uh, yeah, he can't laugh at some of the things Brian's saying. And, and sometimes the girls love him. Like, uh, but you, you, he has one joke about weather girls and LA news channels. And that's the one that <laughs> separates the bands from the non bands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I want, I can't do the joke justice. It's it's like a seven minute chunk, but he's basically calling all the weather girls on LA TV whores. And, uh, you, you know, he's like, I don't care if what the weather's like in the Inland Empire. Show me your pussy, bitch. I don't care what the wind is. I don't have a fucking sailboat. Show me those fat jugs. And it's just like, I'm not doing it justice, but like, 
Uh, no, but you're saying it. I'm hearing. I can see him saying it, and his and his face and his mouth of, you know, yeah, like, laugh if you can. <laughs> um, you cross the line. <laughs> I mean, the best is when uh, Adam, <laughs> Adam Egan, the old Booker, yeah, put him on one night in the original room. Oh, like ten forty-five, like prime time. Right. Like, uh, you know, like where Dalia would have gone up. No. Right. But that was Holton's old time slots. <laughs> well, I mean, he was crushing. Like, sold out room. You know how the right. OR is. It's basically standing room only until he called this one girl a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And her boyfriend was like, fuck you, man. He's like, you're a bitch too, bitch. And I was just like, uh, you have to see him live. You just. Yeah, everybody out there, you got to go see Brian Holtzman live, please. And if, if you... you're in Austin, I think he's there now. Is he... yeah. Is he there like once a month, right? At the mothership? Yeah, yeah. He's killing it at the mothership. And uh, I mean, there's just too many people I don't like in Austin. I went there once. So I was like, I didn't like you people in L.A. Why did I come here? <laughs> I know everybody moved to Austin. Even some shitty New York comics went to Austin. Well, they all think Rogan's going to help them. It's like the line is at capacity at Joe's yeah. half. So, yeah. It was at capacity before COVID. You really oh my God. put it in? Fuck out of here. Unless you're uh, Hinchcliffe or Red Band or, uh, you know, Bert and Ari and Duncan. Yeah. Forget it. Shop, I guess. Joey Diaz. Yeah. yeah and, you know, they all deserve it. Like, uh, yeah. they we're there. He ain't helping you. Mm-hmm. you know. Being a, you know, I don't know. So, I don't think I would go back. I I didn't really. I mean, I enjoyed seeing Adam and Red Band, but that's about it. Right. I haven't seen Red Band in forever. I mean, he's like the most underrated person, maybe. In the history of comedy, with what he, you know, without him, there's no Rogan, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's true. In terms of, you know, if Red Band doesn't tape that night at the store with uh, Mencia, there's no Rogan. Yeah, there's no, yeah. And also, remember when Rogan started his podcast? It was him on a laptop with uh, what's his face sitting on his couch. Yeah. Staring at the at the camera at the computer camera, and they're just sitting on the couch <laughs> talking on a laptop. And now it's like, you know, it's worldwide. You know, he's like Pitbull, Mister Worldwide of podcasts. I mean, I, I I mean, he's the number, arguably the number one comic, for sure, the number one podcaster. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know if he gets there without Red Band. Uh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. So, just the Red fact. Band was the was the. Red Band was like the bass player and drummer for that. He kept that oh, 100%. He kept that whole thing together. Because Joe wouldn't have known what to do. He's a performer. He's not like a tech guy. And Red Band was, did all that shit for him. Oh, I mean, I, I'm, I, I mean, look at me. I, I, pro- I probably should be more known. I won't say this about you, but I probably could. I should be more known. But uh, technically, I'm a wreck. I mean, look at my background. It's my kitchen. <laughs> a fucking FedEx box. I don't even know what that <laughs> on the over. 
you know, I mean, you think Logan would have an unopen or an open postal office box? And I, I do like my red neon sign, though. I will. I say. love your Earl sign. That's amazing. I will say uh, that was worth every penny of the five hundred dollars I paid. Oh, it's so worth five hundred. It's worth more. That's fucking amazing. I've got a sting mask that's lopsided. <laughs> Listen, I'm in my bedroom with a green screen. So yeah, but it looks great. And, you know, th you. the the thing you have scrolling down to follow Christy Miller and old school. I, 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 I would be happy if I could get that on my screen. <laughs> Well, listen, in lockdown, that's what I did. I sat at a computer and I taught myself every streaming system. I learned every editing tool and I just sat there for 10 to 14 hours a day at a computer, just teaching myself this shit. That's how I learned all this. March 16th, 2020, I could barely send an email. By the, by the time we reopened, my ass could do... I, I am a one-man band. I have all my own podcasting equipment. I can travel anywhere and do the podcast with cameras and audio. I have all of it. So that's like when I normally... when I'm in, like If I have a guest in person that's not far away, we go to the comic strip and I set up the studio in the back of the showroom. It's all my shit. And it's, I'm a, I come home and I edit everything. And then I post it up and do whatever. It's like, I'm a one-man band, but I learned all that in uh, lockdown. That's what I taught myself. I mean, that's why I'm just so, such a fan of Red Band. Like, yeah. Because the tech side of things is, it's, it's everything. Yeah. I mean, although like Ken Brennan's stream, like he does it every mo Monday through Friday. His is so low tech, it works for him. Like, yeah, but it's that's his that's his brand though, you know. Yeah, that goes with his brand. Like this is, you know, this is something you know, I made. I made my own logo, a little old comedy of me dropping the mic with cartoon. I made the background. I made all this. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm. A, I, what you're doing is a hundred times more than what I'm doing. I mean, it's it's hard. It's a lot of. It's tedious. I want to kill myself half the time. <laughs> I mean, but it's it's like if people are looking at your show and then they see my show, they're going to go to your show every time because it looks better optically. Uh, you know, yeah, it's like. But it's also the content. Like you know, it's it's not even about that anymore. Like with 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 comedy, it's just about. It's about like what the content is. It's like half the time people watch podcasts and they don't even watch it. What? Well, yeah, I mean, I I think uh... lockdown video was important because we were stuck on our computer. Oh yeah. Now, right now, like we're in the car. I listen to podcasts at the gym now. I don't listen to music anymore. I just listen to podcasts so I can get caught up. See, I don't listen to podcasts because I don't want to steal any ideas. Like. Like everyone told me, hey, you got to listen to Theo interview Ric Flair. But I, yeah. I know Rick, and he said he would come on. I don't want to like, right? Hear one of Theo's questions and go, hey, I'm going to ask him that. But it's in the So yeah, no, I get it. But I don't listen to I don't listen to comedy podcasts if that's what you're. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I okay. You want to hear how gay I am? I listen to astrology podcasts where the planets are going to be. So I can navigate through all the fucking nut jobs out here. I mean, I listen to RuPaul's podcast, but like. Oh, I love him. 
I love him, but the show has never been the same since he got rid of Santino Rice, who I was a big fan of. <laughs> I think he went rogue on RuPaul. And, yeah. Like, RuPaul strikes me as the type that if you cross him, you're he's out. Done. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's like the Harvey Weinstein, but his dick is so taped up his ass, he ain't fucking nobody. I, well, I did meet him once at the Grove, and oh, the was, grave! I missed the grave. <laughs> it was a religious experience. Uh, I being, love him so much. He's so because he was in a beautiful pantsuit, like custom made, oh, yeah. inch. And I just went up to him. I'm like, "Hey, RuPaul, I'm a straight man, but I'm your biggest fan." And he didn't say anything. He just mouthed. Bless you, my son. <laughs> I just turned around and walked away. <laughs> See, I want to be Michelle Visage. I want her job. Well, you can do that easy. Or because, but I would up because I couldn't be on the panel with them, like in Carson's place or in Ross's place, because I would upstage them, and then they would have me killed. Oh, yeah, that strikes me as a type of show. And I think that was Santino's problem. Yep. Was he would always kind of rib Michelle. And I, I guess you could say she's ahead of him on the pie chart. Yeah. And you could tell she didn't like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But did. it worked. Yeah. It all uh, works. You know, but uh, it's like, but I love that show. I love RuPaul. I love drag. I love drag queens ripping each other to shreds it's my favorite thing which i we should do like drag battle like get all the you know but they do that anyway and they go on tour but it would just be kind of funny to have them all well i did that uh what was i i was a judge on like three drag battles and ah amazing i mean i gotta be honest with you it wasn't that good because i mean the drag girls they looked beautiful but yeah. you could tell they didn't do the homework, and so right. Just... See, the old school drag queens are really good at reading. Right, they're so good at it because we—that's you know—we had thicker skin. Nowadays, everybody's too. Everybody's a, a look queen. Everybody has followers. Everybody does self. Everybody wants to look pretty. Nobody wants to be funny anymore. Well, I mean, I knew a girl. I won't blow her up, but she went on RuPaul's, and she's like. I didn't watch the show, Earl. I just wanted some more Instagram followers. And she blew up. Like, she had, like, maybe 2,500 followers. She went on the show. She's got probably 250 now. Yeah, I believe it. That's, like, what is, uh, I went to USC. What is 250 to 250,000? Was that 100 times more of the followers? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you went to USC. Did you get kicked out for gambling? <laughs> no, I'm not a pedophile. Let me tell your fans, I'm not a pedophile. I'm not a rapist. So that's why I go on at one in the morning. <laughs> well, I didn't suck anybody's dick to get ahead, so that's why I'm in New York. <laughs> yeah, but you are you are loved out here. Like, you know, everyone remembers you. I was talking with Paris about you the other night. Oh, I love Don Paris so much. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he's one of the last of the Mohicans at the store. It's all new comics, pretty much. That's that Holtzman and uh, you know, Eleanor. Yeah. And then a lot of it's 
there's a lot of funny it's the best class of door guys and, and girls door people uh, i've ever seen up there they're all funny that's fantastic i love that so that's awesome. yeah but, uh, I, is, you know, like you job. know like i taught like i've talked to sean Pulaski. i love her and yeah. uh she's like when are you moving back and i'm like listen if i had a gig out there that i could bring in money constantly i would move back in a second because i miss you guys i miss the store I mean, it's not. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I get while you're in New York. I mean, like, it's expensive out here. Like, yeah, to, to live and like, especially virtually impossible to make money full time and stand up alone. Yeah, it's hard out here too. That's why you know it's. But it's like at least here, because I live in Midtown, so I'm centrally located. I can get to anywhere I need to go through a train every right. train is within like five to ten blocks of me so i'm and that's every like that's long island railroad amtrak and the new york city subway system and new jersey transit so and the path train so everything is around me so i can get anywhere so i don't need a car and i walk everywhere usually i love walking in the city it's fun so you can live this is one of the most expensive it's, the rent out here is so bad it's insane but you can live here on a bare bones budget and still get by because you don't need a car or anything like that you just got to pay rent i mean yeah that's the problem out here of, mm -hmm. like my insurance i've never gotten an accident in my life i think one speeding ticket in 88 other than that right perfect driving record and because of where i live west hollywood my insurance is through the roof yeah like, so I, I i don't know how poor people live I really don't like yeah it's hard I mean, we was oh <laughs> i mean i'm not even rich and like well you know i don't have to worry where my next meal's coming from but uh like i went to the steeler game a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. at uh where they're playing the, the, the ramps uh, yeah the hundred dollars to par the the ticket which was a decent ticket 370 bucks uh-huh Food was probably, you know, after they got a burger, a soda, and an ice cream, uh, whatever, a swirly, and uh, 75 bucks. Like, I don't know how poor people, like that, I'm not even, in my seat, I had spent $200. Yeah, well, you spent, you spent $470 just getting in the park. Yeah. Uh, That's insane. And so, and, and like the, guy in front of me was this uh, hispanic family it was him his girlfriend or wife and two kids like that's a thousand bucks um for one insane you know, for three hours of football like no i get why people don't live out here yeah no i get it but um yeah i i love you like more than anything and, and one thing i was telling someone i said you know one thing about earl when i put out my album this last you know this last year brutally yours on itunes apple music spotify amazon wherever you stream yeah. music um <laughs> my shame yeah, but... <laughs> um you were one of the few people that actually said bro let's fucking promote it yeah and, you know and it was like that meant so much to me early so i just wanted you to know that because so many people went fucking silent on me of course, because they don't get anything out of helping you. Like, yeah, 
but they do. She like, my dick, so fuck her. Yeah. Like, do you know a New York comic by the name of Tracy Carnazzo? That's my girl. She's the definition of what you just talked about. She's the one who helped me get monetized on YouTube because I couldn't figure it out. It took me a month to finally go, I don't know what to do. Like, I did everything right and all that stuff. And then with she spent hours on the phone and emails with YouTube. Hey, this guy, you know, it, it's, they don't make it easy to get monetized. No, they don't. No, they don't. And but, somehow, no, crazy... She's just like, but th she got nothing out of helping me. Like, likes to help people. Yeah. So it's just, uh, plus she likes to talk shit on the DL. So, oh, yeah. Oh, her and I go in. Yeah. When we're on the phone, we go in on things. But like, I needed, um, because I wasn't really good at editing videos or anything like that at first. So she hooked me up with that guy, Nick. And I love that guy. Yeah. He, he helped me do all the videos from my album I said here's an hour and a half of footage these are the bits I would like to get clips of and if there's anything else that you think is funny make a clip just tell me how many so I did five so I bought five clips fantastic and I love him and I asked her to produce this podcast so because I needed help and she's like girl I would if I could but I ha she has hers and a bunch of other shit so but she's like I'll help you get guests you know I'm like all right but then you know everybody's kind of it's been it's been great so far, but no, Tracy Carnazzo is, is the real deal. She's I'm, yeah, I mean, but it's not that hard to help people. Like you'll get no. back something down the road, maybe not even through them. Yeah, it's energy. It's 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 positive, and it's like I love helping people when I can because it's fun. I get a real kick out of it. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm oh I I am in a position to help somebody. This is fucking great. That means I'm doing something right because I can help somebody. Yeah, but, like I helped you. Tracy helped me. Uh, yeah. At some point I'll help. Uh, I think I'm trying to get Tracy her pictures from uh, the comedy store when she was on the show with Tim Dillon. And uh, oh, that would be amazing. But it, it's you know it goes back to all my uh, bitterness about certain things in the past. <laughs> There's enough. <laughs> enough for everyone. Yes. We don't well, have to backstab. No. But if we just if we just look out for each other and help each other, because there's some stuff I'll talk to you about it off off record. Because there's some stuff that I've been working on like like today it came to fruition and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about it off camera. Yeah, yeah. A project. So um but uh oh god, I forgot to mute my phone. So it's <laughs> a call, I don't care. Oh, no, no, no. We got to wrap it up anyway, because um, it's getting towards the end. But I love, okay, everybody thinks it's funny, but I think these two questions are funny. And it's, I love have I love doing them because they, they're silly. So the question number one is, is there a bit a comic has done that made you go, God damn, that's brilliant. I wish I had written that. Besides me, huh? <laughs> oh, I, well, I don't think I wish I came up with Boltzmann's Oppenheimer song. <laughs> well, I will say Holtzman's, you know, we, and I don't want to give the joke away because you should all go see Holtzman wherever he is at. Trust right. me, it's worth it. Uh, right. His Weather Girl bit is. His what bit? Get, it froze for a second. His what bit? The Weather Girl bit. Uh, oh, the weather. Yes, yes. 
because I can't tell you how many times I've watched, and it's usually the Channel 9 news, especially when they had Jackie Johnson, who looked just like Brett Michaels, uh, with like bigger tits. Um, <laughs> like you're, you're, she's giving, and she's clearly a, a, meteor, a meteorologist. She knows her shit. And here's the cold front coming in and, and this and that. I'm like, I can't take my eyes off your tits. I don't even know what you're, I don't even know you have a head right now. Um, <laughs> and I, I do wish I would have come up with, because it's not just one joke. It's like literally a seven minute. Uh, right. It's a bit. It's a bit. That's why I say, uh, that's, that's why I always say a bit that a comic has done. Yeah. But it's, a, he does it like an, the ultimate warrior did wrestling promos like it's just the <laughs> the anger builds at first it's just like oh. what is with these weather girls and then two minutes later they're all fucking whores and then by the end of the pet it's like i don't have a goddamn boat you dumb bitch uh like, <laughs> what <laughs> so oh uh, right holtman uh Oh, I love that man so much. I used to love his bit of uh, that he had a gay son. Remember that bit right. back in the day? <laughs> I have a gay son. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean... Play ball! <laughs> he runs and steals all the bases and fucks the weakest player in the ass. <laughs> and he has a... I don't want to say the joke. <laughs> He has a joke about Louis C.K. that's pretty funny. Oh, oh, I bet it's so good. It's definitely one that I, I wish I would have gotten to first. Just because it's so, uh, like that, you know, his story about the two girls in the hotel room, it's so out there that any comic should have come up with this joke. But right. Holtzman's right. the only one that's. Of course. That's balls enough. Yeah. 100%. But Holtzman. But Olsen's got the balls and just the, like, there's literally no filter on that guy. And he goes and crosses lines and, and goes to places that a lot of comics are afraid to, they'll tiptoe, like, they'll put their toe in the water to see if it's warm enough to jump in, like grandma. Maybe splash a little on their legs to see if it's tolerable, and then they walk away because it's too cold. And it's not Holtzman. Yeah, I mean, Holtzman, uh. I don't think, I mean, he's just, it's like you just said, he just hits you over the head with the joke and like, yep. and he doesn't care. I'm sure deep down he cares, but like when he's saying it in that moment, you're either with him or against him and he doesn't care which side you're on. He's doing the joke. Yep. But he, the reason why he gets away with it, cause like us, like people tell me, how do you get away with murder on stage? I said, because I come from a place of love. You know, there's no there's no ill intent in my delivery. There's no meanness in my, you know, there's no, like you can hear comics when they're angry or mean and it's like, oh, you kind of get like a little uptight. You could tell when someone's really angry about something and like it's like it's like it's personal and it's like, dude, back up, take a breath, man, <laughs> make it lighter, have fun with it, you know, and then you can say anything. But like Holtzman, he doesn't come from a mean place. No, he's he's a big teddy bear. Well, you hit it on the head. It's about the intent. You know, like I, one night I'm in the OR. Long story short, and Jason Galern is in the back, and uh, I do have a funny story about the first time I ever heard the N word. Okay. Um, but it's not. You have to say the word 
to I mean obviously it's a horrible word but um, there was a huge black guy in the front row he, he wasn't a pro football player but he could have been right well, I mean, 6'6", 300 plus and right. Jason's like hey Earl why don't you say that N-word story now and the guy looks at me and goes is it funny I'm like it's very funny and he's like you can do it but you better make me laugh so long story short I tell the joke and it's a story about uh, when I um, played golf at Bel Air Country Club I shot bogey golf on the front nine of Bel Air Country Club which is very good for a non-pro golfer right. and I went to my uncle in the clubhouse I said Uncle Jim I just shot bogey golf on the front nine of Bel Air he's like Earl that's golf I didn't know what that word meant so the next day I went down into the caddy yard and my uncle Jim was like beloved at the club because he tipped everyone really well right guys guys guess what and they're all black caddies downstairs not one I'm like guys guys my uncle Jim just said I shot golf right the biggest, blackest caddy who was the size of a pro wrestler was like, Earl, we love your uncle, but don't ever say that word again. I'm like, why not? And so long story short, big black guy laughed. So then I said, hey, I got about eight more jokes that had that word in it. Can I say them? He's like, <laughs> he's like no. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, I, I think, but he laughed at the story. The point of that was because he knew my intent wasn't that I'm racist. No, you were. No, it, yeah, it's it's all about intent, and yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's just intent, people. Intent and delivery. Know who you are, and don't come from a shitty place. And come yeah, from love, and you can tell anything to an audience. As long as yeah. it's funny. Yeah, as long as it's funny, nobody cares. That's why I want to open up a comedy club. Marino and I were talking about it. Nobody cares. Be funny. And just that'd be great. Yeah, nobody cares. Be funny. I don't care what you identify as. If it's a if you identify as a chair, a blanket, a litter box, a boy, a girl, both, neither. Just be fucking funny. I don't care. Just be funny. You can joke. I mean, look at that one rape joke that uh, obviously rapes not funny in any capacity. Uh, but what was it? Daniel Tosh got into trouble at the Laugh Factory because he did like. Yeah. And ultimately, the biggest crime wasn't necessarily the topic, but the joke just wasn't fun. Yeah, because it wasn't funny. Yeah. Now, question number two. We're all comics, and we all sit around green where we sit with each other on the road, try to make each other laugh, doing stupid street jokes. Paul Mooney used to close his sets with street jokes. That's how you knew he was wrapping up. But he right. would moony ice him. You know, he'd add a moony twist to it. And he would destroy the room. And uh, so, do you have a go-to street joke? One that I, I don't do them, but uh, the, my favorite one I've ever uh, heard, I think I, uh, well, probably nobody knows who this guy is, but uh, legendary uh, homosexual comic Tony Falcone. Um, <laughs> I... Everyone hated him up there because he was just so out there. I mean, you knew him, right? I think so. I mean, he, the game. He was like, because uh, he worked out at Cole's gym where you worked. Uh, right. So, he looked like Liberace if he worked out. 
I mean, right. That. Oh, I remember him. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> he'd have a, a fanny pack and yep. obnoxiously tight shirts. So <laughs> I'm hosting Pollock one night and no one wanted to put him up because he was, you know, just, it, it was a different era already. Right. Uh, I said, Tony, I'll put you up, but you got to do the joke. And he knew what I was talking about. So he has this joke where if there are four guys sitting together and even if they're not sitting together like as a group they're sitting like next to each other he's like hi yeah they say one out of every four guys is gay one two three hello (laughs) (laughs) it's so dumb (laughs) it's like so <laughs> or he would have a uh, another you know same setup. One of every four guys is gay. One, two, three, surprise! <laughs> I can hear that joke eighty-seven thousand times. I'll laugh every time because <laughs> he wasn't living this as to how bad that hacky and stolen oh, probably. Yeah, completely uh, hacked stolen yeah that was uh that's probably my favorite street joke that's hilarious i love you i love you i mean i uh you know i just did like a two hour my own stream before this anyone else said hey do you want to do my podcast after i'm like ah fuck that i'm tired i would do i would do anything for you i know and i love you and i'd do anything for you and i'm just so happy that I'm just so happy that you're in my life. That's all. 100%. I mean, we're friends for life. And uh, yep. just for those of you wondering, we've never had sex or anything. Uh, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I'm saying, you know, because <laughs> I think when comics are as close as you and I are, yeah, everyone automatically, oh, they fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh. Every time every time I'm hanging out with somebody that's a guy, oh, you fucking him? I'm sorry. Yeah. I know you can't be friends with a female. I know it's like, shut up! What are you five? Hello. What is Skakel? You put it in her ass. Hello. Hello. So, so tell everybody. I love you. Tell everybody where they can find you, and if there's any shows you want to promote coming up. This is the easiest part. I'm just Earl Skakel everywhere. and if you like cartoons, uh, The Jellies by Tyler, the creator, which I'm the only white guy on the show. I play the father. Uh, you can get that on Adult Swim, HBO Max. Well, I guess it's just called Max. Uh, yeah. And the Cartoon Network. And then uh, uh, I'm at the Comedy Store, according to Kevin Brennan. That's the only club that books me. <laughs> and he's right, to be honest with you. Uh, Damn. So. Damn. I mean, you know, that's why I couldn't go back at him. I'm like, you know, he, he's got a point. Um, Skakel only plays the store. He doesn't do the road. Um, so if you're in L.A., come see me at the Comedy Store. And uh, that's it. I don't have a lot to plug other than my ass. Hello. I love you. Surprise. I love you. Good night, honey. And that's our show, people. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Old School, New School Comedy. And love us, please follow the show. Please like the show. And don't forget to share this episode. We love you. Good night. Oh,